Well, good morning, and welcome once again to our online service of worship. I pray this finds you doing well. A few years ago, I saw a bumper sticker, and I, I still remember what it said. It, it said, I'm not anxious. I'm just extremely well-educated about all the things that can go catastrophically wrong. <laughs> can you relate to that? I know I can. Anxiety, stress, worry, and fear have become epidemic during this pandemic. According to a recent survey by Mental Health Research Canada, the number of Canadians who say they're experiencing high levels of anxiety has quadrupled since the pandemic began. Before COVID-19, 5% of Canadians reported high to extreme levels of anxiety. Well, within a few weeks, that number multiplied to 20%. This survey also asked participants about what specific factors were weighing on their mental health. Respondents cited many sources of anxiety, including concerns over a family member becoming infected with the coronavirus, job losses, economic anxiety. There was a long list of worries. People worry, don't they? We, we worry. It comes to us naturally in our fallen state. We, we worry. You don't have to train a child to worry, do you? We worry about everything, don't we? We worry about our health. We worry about our finances. We worry about our future. We worry about our loved ones and our children and about their health and their finances and their future. We worry about the world. We worry about our country and our economy and our government and, and our schools. Now we worry about masks and distancing and, and a vaccine and, and the list just goes on and on. We worry about anything and everything and nothing all at the same time. In fact, maybe you're just getting anxious with listening to me list all these things we can worry about. I, I'm sorry for that. Sometimes we can't even identify any specific reason for our anxiousness, but it's still there eating away at us. And if we don't learn to deal with it, worrying can cause all sorts of health problems, including insomnia, fatigue, migraines, muscle pain, elevated heart rate, high blood pressure, ulcers, weakened immune system. That list goes on. But the side effects of worry aren't just physical. They're emotional, they're mental, they're spiritual. Worry affects our entire being. The bottom line is this. Worrying is not healthy. We know that. It can destroy us. So what should we do about it? How do we get rid of the worry? Well, I would invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. And we are going to look at just a few verses, actually, that, that Laura read for us earlier this morning as part of our call to worship, Philippians chapter 4. And, and as you're turning there, just, just set this up a little bit. The Apostle Paul most likely wrote this incredible letter to the church at Philippi while he was under house arrest in Rome, which we read in Acts 28. His primary purpose in writing this letter was to thank the Philippians for a gift that they had sent him. But he takes this opportunity to encourage the Philippian church to stand firm in their faith and to rejoice in the Lord regardless of their circumstances. You see, the church at Philippi had had its share of hardships. Even though Philippi was a prosperous Roman colony, 
The members of the Philippian church were, were desperately poor, and they were under, undergoing a period of intense persecution for, for the cause of Christ. They were being attacked from without by false teachers and attacked from within. In fact, at the beginning of chapter 4, we read of a feud between two prominent women in that congregation named Yodia and Syntyche. At the beginning of chapter 4, verse 2, Paul pleads with these two women to get along with each other in the Lord. And then we come to, to verse 4. This, this incredible passage here that, that perhaps you've committed this to memory, to heart. If you haven't, I would encourage you to do that. It's just this amazing passage that should be written right here so that we don't even have to look it up. It says this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word today. Wow. When we hear those words, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. Some of you are like, what? are you talking about, Paul? What, what, what does that mean here? Do not be anxious about anything. Give me a break. Have, have you seen what is going on in our world? <laughs> do, do, do you know, do you, do you get this? With, with the economy, with the mandated masks and sanitization and physical distancing, with, with all these crazy rules and regulations, these bylaws and mandates that contradict each other, and, and people saying they're either going way too far or not far enough, do not be anxious about anything. Are you kidding me? Get real. That's not possible. But it is. What's interesting is the word anxious here in verse 6 means a dividing care. Because that's exactly what anxiety, what worry does. It divides our minds and our hearts so that we can't focus properly on anything else. You can't enter fully into a conversation or a situation because your mind is divided and, and that worry can, can overshadow everything. It can consume your thoughts and your emotions. It, it can even keep you up all night long in some cases, as I'm sure some of us can attest to. It's been said that worry is like a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If allowed, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Now, we can probably all agree that anxiety is, is natural and understandable. But the problem is, as followers of Jesus Christ, many things that are natural and understandable are not excusable or justifiable. And here the Apostle Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. <laughs> anything covers everything. Okay, all of it, my friends. Any and every possible source of anxiety, past, present, or future, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. 
do not be anxious about any of it. Which doesn't just happen. It is a decision. Just as worrying is a decision. Even though it comes so naturally to some of us that it doesn't feel like a decision, does it? It's more of a reaction. Well, the truth is, Paul is actually just reiterating Jesus' command that we read in Matthew 6, beginning at verse 25. Jesus said, I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And then in verse 33, we read, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Why does Jesus command us, command us not to worry? Not, not suggest that we not worry. Not ask us to try not to worry. He commands us not to worry. Why? Because the decision to worry is the decision not to trust God. I'm going to repeat that. The decision to worry, that is to, to be anxious, is the decision not to trust God. It's, it's essentially saying to God, I, I, I don't trust you. I've got to do this on my own. Which is obviously going to have a significant impact on our lives and on our Christian witness. Which, by the way, Christian witness is one of Paul's main themes in the book of Philippians. He wants the Philippian believers to experience the joy of the Lord in every situation. As we just read, he says, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And then he says it again, rejoice. Not just so that, so that they'll be happy and worry-free, but so that they will be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ to the world. Paul wants the Philippians to both know and show the joy of the Lord always, no matter what is going on in their lives. Think about this, okay, for a second. If, if a non-Christian sees us believers weighed down with anxiety, worrying and fretting and, and stressed out, they probably aren't going to be asking, how can I get what he's got? Where do I sign up? See, see, what does that say about our faith and our God and his power and his plan for our lives when we're constantly weighed down with worry and care? So for the sake of our health and the health of our Christian witness, of our testimony to this world, it is essential, my friends, that we do not worry. Okay, so that's easy to say, but, but come on, tell me. Tell me, how does that work? How do we not worry? Well, let's read on and find out. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The answer is, we pray. We pray in everything, for everything, at all times. The word everything is, is all-encompassing. It's a catch-all. Pray about everything is what Paul is saying. And Paul uses four words for prayer in, in these two verses. And, and these four words kind of overlap in meaning. 
We have these four words, prayer, petitions, requests, and thanksgiving. The word prayer is, is a general word for prayer, which, which carries the idea of addressing God with reverence, coming before him in awe and, and with humility. When Paul says to make a request known to God, the Greek word means face to face. So with reverence, we are able to come directly before God, our Father in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ and present our, our prayers, our petitions, our requests. Now the words petition and request over, overlap, as I mentioned. They, they both speak to our basic needs, but they also emphasize the specific and definite nature of our requests. If, if we're being honest, sometimes our prayers can be pretty vague and, and general, can't they? So much so that, it, that it's hard to know whether God has even answered them or not. The word request here is, is similar actually to the word that Jesus used when, when he said this in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then in that passage, Jesus goes on to illustrate the point by, by explaining that if a boy asks his father for a loaf of bread, his dad isn't going to give him a stone. If, if he asks his father for, for fish to eat, his dad isn't going to give him a snake. So Jesus concludes, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And so my friends... Through faith in Jesus Christ, we are called to pray, to come before God our Father with reverence, and to present our requests to Him. Now, let's just talk about that word present for just a minute here. It means to give away. At our son Theodore's birthday a couple years ago, uh, one of his friends at the party was really excited to give Theodore his gift. And it was kind of interesting. I'm like, wow, this, this kid's really excited to, to just to give Theo this gift and watch him open it. Well, it turned out the boy was really, really excited about the toy that Theo opened that he was giving him. And, and the boy kind of didn't want to give it away. He, he wanted Theodore to open it so that he could grab it and play with it and keep it. See, that's kind of what we do sometimes, isn't it, with our prayers. We know that we're supposed to cast all of our anxieties upon God. That, that means get rid of them, not, not take them back. We lay them out. We, we entrust our cares, our worries, our fears. We, we let them go and we allow God to take them to carry our burdens for us. We trust him to handle them. And, and so we need to be specific too, even if it's small. See, sometimes we fail to present, to, to let go of our, our requests, to present them to God, because in our, in our small faith, we might think that some things just seem too trivial to mention or, or too small to, to bother God with. But if it's big enough to make us anxious, to cause us not to trust God, it's certainly big enough to ask God about a woman once asked the uh, famous Bible teacher, G. Campbell Morgan, she said, do you think we should pray about the little things in our lives or just the big things? And he said, ma'am, can you honestly think of anything in your life that is big to God? 
So wherever, whenever you're anxious, and even if you're not, the point here is that in everything, by prayer and petition, present our request to God. And I specifically left out that one key word here. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, give away your request to God. With thanksgiving. See, when we're anxious, thankfulness is not our natural response, is it? It's usually the opposite of that. Paul is saying, instead of crying out to God in, in, your, in, in your difficulty with doubt, with questions, with dissatisfaction, instead of blaming God, we must instead cry out to God with thanksgiving. Here's what this is. This is choosing to believe what we know about God regardless of how we feel in the moment. Praying with thanksgiving alleviates fear and worry because we are choosing to believe in and rely upon God's, God's purpose, his promises, and his power, my friends. You see, we, we know, we know that our God is sovereign and works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28 which means that no matter what comes, no matter what happens in our lives, I can be thankful because he not only knows my problem and the solution, but he has the perfect plan for us in all of it. And he promises to be with us, to see us through it. Christians who are anxious and worried about everything are not giving thanks, are they? In fact, that they're not actually trusting that everything is under God's control. Thankful Christians, on the other hand, recognize that, that everything they have is a gift from God who has always been faithful in the past and always will be faithful in the future. So Paul writes in, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do it all with thanksgiving. Be thankful for God's purposes, thankful for his promises, thankful for his, his providence, for his power, for his perfect plan, thankful for his past mercies that, that assure us of his future ones. And when we do this, look at the result. Look at the result. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now notice, it doesn't say that if in, in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving you present your request to God, that he will answer your prayer exactly the way you want. It doesn't say that. In fact, Paul doesn't say anything about the actual answer to our prayers here at all. Instead, Whatever the answer may be, and whenever the, the answer may come, Paul says, God will give you what? He will give you his peace. That's the issue. Getting the answer we pray for is not the issue. That is not what we need necessarily. The issue is receiving the peace of God, which is better by far than anything. God's peace is what we need, my friends. I don't know. I don't know what it is that, that, it, that might be causing you worry today. But I do know this. 
no matter what it is, if you understand who our God is, if you take and surrender every issue, every care, every concern, every doubt in your life to him in prayer with thanksgiving, in the middle of it, God's word promises us that he will give us his peace. Now, what kind of peace is it? Paul writes, it is a peace that transcends all understanding, which means this, there's no counselor, there's no therapy, there's no technique, there's no medication in this world that can give it to you. His peace, God's peace, is a gift from God to every believer who understands and trusts in the Lord to, to the point that we take everything to God in prayer with thanksgiving. And God responds by, by granting us, blessing us with his incomparable supernatural peace. Peace that surpasses our, our understanding, our, our intellectual insight, our definitions and explanations. It isn't human. It's divine. It comes from God above. It's his peace. Wow. See, the real challenge for us as, as followers of Jesus Christ it is not to see if we can get rid of or avoid any troubling situation in our lives. It's to trust our God in prayer in every situation, no matter how troubling it may be, so that we can know his perfect peace in the middle of it. And notice what this peace does. Verse 7. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is an amazing picture here. Guard is a military term. It literally means God's peace will stand guard over you. We'll keep watch, we'll protect, we'll defend our hearts and our minds. See, the, the Philippians lived in a garrison town where Roman soldiers were stationed to watch out for, for Roman interests in that part of the world. So the Philippians knew very well what, what a sentry was, what a guard was, what a garrison was, a protector, a defender. And Paul is saying that by taking everything to God in prayer with thanksgiving, the very peace of God himself will stand like a Roman soldier, fully armed, standing guard over, ready to fight and protect your heart and your mind. This isn't the picture of like a security guard with, with, with his flashlight. This is a fully armed Roman soldier, ready to do battle, ready to fight anything that comes and tries to attack. So anxiety, difficulty, distress, dissatisfaction, discontent, doubt. He will defend us from all of it. Which means that in order to get to us, anxiety must go through the almighty force field of God's peace in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who is with us, who will never ever leave us or forsake us. Paul says that God's peace will stand like a guard at the entryway to your life. So that when anxious thoughts and feelings come and try to make their way in there, God's peace says, no, get out of here. This life, this heart, this mind belongs to me. And notice, it's all in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Jesus Christ in the middle of the trouble. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But in me, you will have peace.
in Jesus Christ through faith in God's one and only son who died on the cross to pay for our sins and rose victorious from the dead. You can know peace with God and have the peace of God guarding your heart and your mind forevermore. So I just want you to think about the last few weeks and perhaps months, which have been hard, which have been troublesome for many of us. I want you to think about the, the things that you've been fearful of. What has caused you anxiety? What has caused you worry? As followers of Jesus Christ, if we are burdened, crippled with worry and fear, it probably means that our prayer life is struggling, if not suffering, and needs some desperate improvement. So here's just a little exercise. Just bear with me if you can kind of just go along with this. On, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to ask you to, to try and rate your, your prayer life, your prayerfulness over the last, let's say, two months. So 10 would mean constant, fervent, faith-filled, thankful prayer all the time, every day. One means not a whole lot of that at all. Maybe you can't even recall the last time you got down on your knees and talked to God for more than two or three minutes. Okay, scale of one to 10, figure that out. Now on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your worry frequency? 10 means you're constantly worried crippled by dividing cares. You have no peace at all. One means you're calm. You are at rest. Nothing is dividing your mind. Though, though bad things happen to you, they're not stealing God's peace from you. So now I just want you to think about how those two numbers relate to each other, how they correspond. You see, the lower your prayer frequency, the higher your worry. The higher your score in prayer, the lower your score in, in worry and anxiety. See, where reverent, fervent, specific, thankful prayer in everything is our story, God's peace will be there. We'll stand guard protecting our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So when our worry goes up, we need to get down on our knees in prayer if we're not there already. I think it's good to, to start by, by remembering what God's word says and reading it. Be, be reminded of his precious promises right here, assuring us of his faithfulness, that, that we are not alone, that he will see us through. We need to start by, by reviewing what we know to be true about God and his word and his faithfulness. Then you could go into a room Shut the door and, and pray out loud with, with a list that you've made. Be, begin to thank God. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for all that he's done in your life, for his word and the perfect promises there, for, for his presence, the power of his Holy Spirit within you, for the countless ways that, that you've seen him come through. You've seen him provide for you over and over again, and, and for his personal intimate care for your life. You know what you do? You count your many blessings. Name them one by one. 
and it will surprise you, overwhelm you, what the Lord has done. When we pray with thanksgiving, remembering God's awesome faithfulness, you see suddenly our worries and our problems begin to, to, to shrink into perspective. This isn't just an amazing deal. Think about this. We give God, give away our worries to him, and he gives us his peace through prayer in everything with thanksgiving. My friends, we're going to sing this incredible song. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to God in, in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Let's take it to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father God, thank you for your word to us today, Lord. Thank you, God, for, for the truth here that, that we need to apply to our lives, God. And, and so, God, I pray today, I pray that we would not merely listen to your word and so deceive ourselves, but that we would do what it says by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father God, that, that we would take Jesus at his word, do what he commands. He commands us not to worry about our lives, God. And as, as we read here in Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And when we do that, your peace, God, which, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And Father God, we pray. We pray that that would be our reality, that that would be our anthem of a life, just, just constantly praying to you, Father, committing every worry, every care to you in prayer, taking it to you, leaving it there, entrusting it to you, Father, so that we will know your peace, the peace that you give us in Jesus Christ in whose name I pray, amen.
Say 